Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Acts 15, but before we get started, let's go ahead and uh, open with prayer. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all that you've done. I lift up this time, Father, to you. I just pray that as we've been going throughout the week, that we'd continue to focus on being men and women of prayer, people who love you and know you through speaking with you. And Father, I just pray at this time that this 15 minutes would be yours, this time in which we read, learn your scriptures, learn about you, and that we talk about our strengths, our weaknesses, our challenges, and our successes. Father, I just pray that you would be the center of it all and that you'd be honored and glorified, that you would drive this conversation, that you would be the one who speaks and that we hear, that it be your voice, your words, your intent, and your message that we hear. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we're in chapter 15 of Acts, and it's kind of the first, it's kind of one of the first times when uh, there's some there's some disagreement amongst the disciples and the church. There's been some others where there have been false prophets or false members, but here it's a hardcore disagreement initially. And so let's just see how they how they deal with it. So verse one, certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers. Unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. The news made all the believers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, to whom they had reported everything God had done through them. Then some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear. Nope, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. So it's an interesting argument. You know, the Jews couldn't live up to the law, and they had to do sacrifices because they couldn't live up to the law. The law was impossible for them. It just demonstrated our weakness. So then why would you put that on them when the reality is they've been saved? They've been saved by the grace of God. I'm still just always also amazed at how Peter has become such a leader and a vocal person. 
after he just after he denied Christ at that important hour, and how he's just like stepped up and he's like, "No, I'm the dude. I'm the guy." <laughs> All right. So, anyways, I digress. Verse twelve. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. When they finished, James spoke up. Brothers, he said, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God first intervened to, those, to choose a people for his name from the Gentiles. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this, as it is written. After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it. That the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who bear the name, says the Lord, or who bear my name, says the Lord, who does these things. Things known from long ago. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. For the law of Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times and is read in the synagogues on every Sunday. Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They chose Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, men who were leaders among the believers. With them they sent the following letter, The apostles and elders, your brothers, to the, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Sicilia. Greetings. We have heard that someone out from us without our authorization and disturbed you, troubling your minds by what they said. So we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you. Our dear friends Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond following requi- the following requirements. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. So the men were sent off and went down to Antioch, where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. The people read it and were glad for, the, for its encouraging message. Judas and Silas were Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. After spending some time, they were sent off by the believers with the blessings of peace to return to those who sent them. But Paul and, Bur- and Barnabas remained in Antioch, where they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them, but Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left Commended by the believers, but to the grace of the Lord. He went, to, he went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. So you have some disagreement amongst the church. You, first you have the, the conflict of, what do we make the, the Gentiles do 
do we make them live by rules and laws? Is that what Christianity is all about? Is that what a relationship with God is about? And Paul, uh, Peter stood up and said, no, it's not about that. So thankfully, they just had to, some minor alterations that were reality it was. It was good for them. You know, eating and drinking blood is not a great thing. So really, that was for their benefit, if nothing else. Then you saw how the brothers had disagreements. I mean, these are real leaders within the church. And these are guys who spent lots of time together, who suffered together. And yet they still had disagreements. But at the end of the day, they still went off and did God's work. So I think it's pretty important to understand that even though there's disagreements, even though there's challenges, the work of the Lord still needs to get done. And if you have that at the foremost of your thoughts, that's what will happen when you submit to the Lord. So I wanted to also look at, real quick, some comments by Spurgeon on chapter 15, verse 11. That verse reads, But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved, even as they. And he writes, "Who are You who are conversant with Scripture will recollect that these are the words of the Apostle Peter. Paul and Barnabas had been preaching the gospel among the Gentiles with great success, but certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, could not get rid of their old Jewish bigotry and and vehemently urged that the converted Gentiles ought to be circumcised, or else they could not be saved. They made a great clamor over this, and there was no small dissension and disputation. The children of the bondwoman mustered all their forces, while the champions of glorious liberty arrayed themselves for battle. So the bondwoman is the person who obviously is beholden to rules and the law, while the champions of glorious liberty, obviously, are those who believe in just pure um, salvation through belief and, and grace. Paul and Barnabas, those valiant soldiers of the cross, stood out stoutly against the ritualistic brothers and told them that the rite of circumcision did not belong to the Gentiles at all and ought not to be forced upon them. They would not yield their free principles at the dictation of the Judaizers, but scorned to bow bow their necks to the yoke of bondage. Because the reality is, is the law is bondage. You're You're bound and it's a bondage of type. Instead of grace, which frees you, the law binds you. And so it's really that difference. I mean, that's what Jesus brought us. At the end of the day, Christ provided freedom. He provided freedom through grace, through salvation, that is just requires belief and commit, you know, our commitment, but it doesn't have this massive amount of, of rules and laws. And that's really a very binding that, as I said earlier in the scriptures, that they, they couldn't even keep it. And so to impose that upon the new believers, the Gentiles is counter to what Christ really did. He completed and ended the previous covenant and created the new covenant of freedom and grace. It doesn't mean that we go off and we live like pigs, but it means that our sins are forgiven and we strive because of that grace and that thankfulness in in our hearts. We strive to live 
a life that glorifies God. We strive to do his will. We don't sit there and say, do this, do that. Instead, it's live for him and listen to his guidance. So really, that's the difference between old law, the law, and grace. Anyway, so with that, I'm just going to close us up here with a word of prayer. Father God, I'm so grateful for grace because the bottom line is I screw up all the time. I mess up. I'm a complete and total failure at times. Other times I do okay. But Lord, it's through your grace and your mercies that I can even talk to you, that you listen to me and you know my heart. And I just pray, Father, that as I move throughout my days, that I'd continue to grow closer to you, that all of us would, that we would strive to do your will, that we would lift you up and bring you praise and glory and honor, that our spirits would be made closer to you, that we'd be filled with our spirit, our spirits would be filled with you and the fellowship with you, that the Holy Spirit would live within us and commune with us on a daily, hourly, minute, second basis and that you would be glorified in all that we do. I just pray for our, our families and our friends. I just pray for our loved ones that you'd watch over them. I pray that we'd be examples to them, that we'd actually help to bring people closer to you. I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to what you want us to do, and that we would be your good stewards of what you've given us. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care.